Warning. Missing save form. Hey, it's Bernsey. And I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed the first time around. And today we're going to be talking about Control. Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete? What? (laughs) I don't know, it just felt natural. Okay. I'm just hoping that's not a criticism of the game because I'm worried. I'm worried about the Oh, wow. I'm not that witty. Okay, got it. (laughs) Well, let's take Control. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's better. This is going to be weirder than usual, are the first words uttered by Jesse Faden, the main protagonist in Remedy's 2019 paranormal action game, Control. And while the very beginning of the game shows you entering a seemingly mundane office building which houses the Federal Bureau of Control, things certainly do get weird pretty quickly. The office is abandoned. You're able to walk through security checkpoints with ease. A janitor named Ati gives off an aura of clearly knowing more than he lets on, all while seemingly expecting your arrival. Within minutes, you have gone from just another person on the streets to stumbling into the office of Control's director, finding his dead body, then claiming his title and his sidearm from him. From nobody to director, inside of about 15 minutes. From there, it's up to you to save the Bureau, and perhaps our very plane of existence, from an invasion by extra-dimensional beings known as the Hiss. During your playthrough, you will upgrade your supernatural abilities like phase shifting, telekinesis, levitation, and shielding, as well as upgrade and transform the service weapon to suit your preferred playstyle. Control will run you about 20 hours or so, depending upon the amount of side questing you do, and it's available for all modern consoles as well as PC on both Epic Game Store and Steam. And now, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty right here on the missing save file. So consider this your spoiler warning if you haven't played the game. I loved this game. Paul, I'm curious where you sit with it. I am too, I guess. Um, <laughs> what did you What did you love? Um... I am, full disclosure, I am a sucker for Remedy games and the way that they build a universe. So this game has like, essentially the setting was already going to win me over, which is basically, you know, it's that sort of like paranormal meets science fiction. And it's sort of this cross between the two of them that you're not quite sure which way it's going to go. It's like a little bit X-Files. I think I've described it to people who've never played it as a little bit X-Files meets a little bit Neil Gaiman's American Gods. It's like the idea that there are these artifacts of power, but it's also being investigated by a federal bureau. Um, I, I just, I immediately loved that setting. And what I love about Remedy Games is they they take the time to like flesh all of this out, right? Like the oldest house, which is the name of of the building, which houses the Federal Bureau of Control is like this perfect setting for a video game because it's both finite and it's like incredibly diverse, right? Like there are just wings of the building that are apparently giant open rock quarries that intersect another dimension, or there's places where people sit and crunch numbers at word processors, you know, right? Like, so I think, I think the game already had me on its side because I, I really liked the story. I immediately was drawn to the characters. Um, and Anytime a game puts in little optional tidbits of lore that you can like pick up and read more about like, what's this thing or what's this thing? And it will like give you more background information on a thing that you just walked by or something, you know, a a weapon that you have or a new power that you're going to unlock. Like I, I love when they take the time to make it feel like 10 to 15 minutes to maybe, maybe a day. I don't know how, how long ago it was that the hiss like blew everything open, but you get the impression that just before you breezed into this place, this was a living, breathing place filled with, you know, government drone workers that like happened to do pretty incredible work, but like also filed TPS reports, right? Like it's just, 
So, so all of that stuff like had me on its side before I even like got to the point where I picked up the service weapon and like started upgrading stuff. So, so it's like the fact that I enjoyed the game as a game, like on top of this was almost cherry on, on, on the top because like I was, I was excited to play this game. And then like, as it continued, the story really gripped me. Like I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed Jesse Faden. I enjoyed like her trip through this weird fun house mirror maze that is this building and you know the the stakes that were involved with her and and we can kind of get into that but like that's why i was on this game side and that's why i really liked it but you say you're not sure and what is it that's like preventing you from being like i liked it or i didn't like it you're just yeah yeah good question i i think it's 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 a it's a weird one um and when you were introducing it um you you said jesse faden and i was like oh yeah guess that is the character's name um like to the degree that if you had asked me ahead of time i'm not sure i could have come up with it um okay even jesse even just jesse um but at the same time i think the story is i I think i was at least compelled by the story and like the thing that kind of kept me playing was the story like there is it's it's not the I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's X-Files, essentially. Um, and N- Neil Gaiman is a good comparison there, too. I think they do good things with the story. And they, they like, there's things, there's questions that I would like, like answers to in the story, frankly. Um, and so that was bringing me back. But at the same time, like, not being able to remember the char- the protagonist's name is not a good sign either. It does. Um that's that, that's a weird thing to like, like, so, I mean, they say Jesse a lot. Like, I think you, she even talks to herself sometimes in the third person. Oh. Is it just that you didn't? I do him? have a note that I wish I could turn off monologues. I really wish I could turn off monologues. Wow. Well, you know, so you just like had an issue with the fact that the character would like, you would hear her inner monologue, essentially? Yeah, I kind of, it. I mean in the beginning of the game, I feel like there was more monologue than dialogue. Um, I, I don't think that's an over, I don't think that's hyperbole, frankly. No. Um, and I see why, right. Um, it, it unfolds in the story, but it's a weird way to tell a story. And, and again, at the same time, like I'm not saying I don't hate it. <laughs> I was just kind of in the menus. Like, I wonder if I could turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to worry that like your taste in video games and my taste in video games are just wildly divergent. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like the last two games that I've, I've served up to you have been met with a lot of like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say too, I, I think, so it sounds like you have, it sounds like you came into this with nostalgia for the studio. Um, and to be fair, full disclosure, I think I came into this with like malice for the studio almost. Sure. Um, because what what we, we talked about this when when I was looking to like get the game, I guess they did some like pretty sketchy stuff in terms of like releasing the game a year ago and then in August like releasing a new version that would be the one that was playable on the next gen systems and making people buy it again, but then saying it's not going to be on Game Pass ever. Period, and then releasing it on Game Pass maybe after people had bought it twice. <laughs> it's like sure. wow, this is this is not a company that like. I respect. Um, and it's, it's the first, I mean, this is the first game I played from this company too. So, well, um, I feel like I, I do kind of want to address that a little bit because, um, we're in a weird kind of unprecedented time in video games. We I are, think, we are, which is, which is essentially like this conversation would not have happened from progressing from the super Nintendo to the N64, right? Like you just, oh, sure. that, that oh, would yeah, not be yeah. a conversation where somebody's like, Oh, I, I, I bought Earthbound. I bought Mario 64 and it, <laughs> it no longer works on my GameCube. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I'll cut them some slack there because, and like, I think, I think the thing that unfortunately happened with them is twofold. One, um, you know, they released a game a year before next gen quote unquote consoles come out, right? Like it, they were releasing their game at the tail end of the Xbox one and PS4 life, life cycle. Uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series S and Series X, which I always have to think about really hard. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are both out. And like, I, 
you know, they're not doing anything that any other game company hasn't done before, right? Like uh, a perfect example of this would be um, CD Projekt Red. Like they put out The Witcher 3, then they put out a bunch of like Witcher 3 expansion type stuff. And then a year later, The Witcher 3 Ultimate Edition came out, right? And like, you don't automatically get that just because you bought the other version or whatever. So like, I don't know. I feel like the waters have gotten a lot muddied in terms of like what what reasonable expectations on a publisher are, you know, like uh, while I won't say they're a hundred percent in the right in terms of like, you know, maybe they could have been a little bit more transparent, transparent from the get go about like what they were going to do. Um, I also don't think they're in the wrong necessarily in anything they did. And like, they were also put in an awkward spot too, because the whole game pass debate, like a year ago, um, somebody from Xbox said like, Oh yeah, that's coming. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That's coming to game pass. Um, and I want to say it was actually, it was Phil Spencer, like the head of I think Xbox. That was my thought too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so. like casually giving an interview on someone's Twitch stream. He's like, Oh yeah, control that game's awesome. It's coming to game pass. And like, I wonder if he just like misread a memo that was like, it came out in 2019. Yeah. He was talking yeah. about it in late 2019, early 2020. And then it was like, Oh no, 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 Phil. Uh, uh, you know, December of 2020, not December of 2019, like, haha, you know, so, but I mean, I take your point that it is one of those where it's like, if you're a consumer looking to jump in, um, that stuff doesn't make it easy any, you know, in, in, in any situation for sure. Yeah. And I did think about that too, cause I think you bought the game, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And the, I had just, um, also bought well, it's one of these where like a lot of games have weird leveling of their prices. So I had looked back and forth and it's like, well, I probably do want to play this if I get a, a next box or whatever we're going to call it. Um, <laughs> series, and, series, what have you. It's yeah, series, whatever is. Um, and so it's like, well, is it worth the 40 and it has some DLC and that might be good. And it's like back and forth. And it's like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just get the ultimate. And that was like a day or two before it, it then came out in Game Pass. It's, like, <laughs> it's one of those just like feels bad man moments. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. so, but, but in any case, yeah, you know, it, it, we're in one of those weird places. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it was a weird time to buy this game, which is kind of some of it but yeah i think um, it's a it's a weird time to buy video games and like i don't i don't want to turn this into like a platform conversation but i will say that like i have taken uh, a little bit more like i i've i've gone more down the pc path than i have like individual consoles like i still own consoles and plan to um but it's really weird watching this generational debate happening like now as a person who buys stuff primarily on pc because there there aren't generations on pc right i mean there are and there aren't there are and there aren't yeah you're right right. yeah you know but i mean like it's 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 a soft border not a not a hard border you know well and and i think that's a big trick that for most games i'm playing this does feel kind of different because i think especially with xbox they are kind of doing a pretty soft transition that like destiny if i get a new uh, a new xbox like I'm just going to plug in destiny. Like I'm going to plug it in and destiny's going to play overwatch is going to play. And like a lot of these other games are just going to play um, some that are much older than, than this. So again, it's, I don't know. I, I, I respect they're in a weird place, but well, and well I, this, you know, and we enough, could, but. we could almost have a different conversation about that entirely because depending upon what platform you're on, that may or may not be true. Right? Like that's definitely the path that Xbox is taking, but PlayStation oh, sure. is much sure. more of a, that was yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation wants that money again. This yeah. is PlayStation five. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I don't want to go too far down that path because like I, I, I finished the game. Um, I finished it on stream. I don't know. I, you've had a lot going on, so you've, you've been very busy. Uh, I keep it. trying to go back to it and I tried again this afternoon. I, I'm, I'm, you say it's 20 hours. I, I'm probably like 10 hours in, I bet. Okay. Um, but I'm not through it. Um, and well, so to, to talk about consoles too, um, I think we talked about it in the last one, but um, but I do have a, a original Xbox, uh, right? It, it's an old one. <laughs> uh, we talked about this because there are known glitches and stuff. Um, and I, I, I do plan to go back and watch some of your streams because I just want to see like what it looks like running on your Xbox um, because it was not great on mine. 
<laughs> well, it and is... I was I played it 100% on PC. So I, I played it with an Xbox oh, okay. game well, that, pad, that, But I played it would still it. be good to see what it looked like on a PC then. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and like the question I want to ask you then is if you're in about, you're like about 10 hours in, what, what is the last mission you remember doing? Um, I mean, I'm finding a guy. Isn't that the, isn't that like 90% of it? I'm finding, like finding a guy, finding a guy. I don't know, I don't know if I can continue the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you happen to know whom? Oh boy. I mean, if you hum a few bars, um, uh, well, I mean, there's, there, there's I there. I've uncovered a whole bunch of areas. I've gotten powers. I mean, I, I will say too. <laughs> I will say too. I, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm, I mean, that that's kind of flippant. But it is um, a, a little. It's flippant. a little flippant. It's a little. Flippant. <laughs> um, this is why at the beginning I said I'm not sure because it's it's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like. Is. Do you understand that you're killing me? I just need you to understand <laughs> that you are uh, you're basically taking a chunk of concrete off of the pillar and throwing it at my head. Oh man, okay. That you're saying. So let's right talk now. about. I mean, that is that is. I mean, the the gameplay kind of drags maybe because of that, and it's cool, right? So I will also say, like, it's cool to have psychic powers. It's very much like a you know Jedi outcast. It's like a you feel like a Jedi, you know. It's very yeah. That's what they're channeling clearly. With, yeah, with, that's uh, what they're going for. Yeah, but kind of getting in fights and just pressing right bumper and then finding an enemy and releasing right bumper and then doing that again and again and again until there's no more enemies. Um, I wish the combat was a little deeper. Um, well, I mean, I, at risk of that's why I wanted to ask where you were in the game, because like, have mm-hmm. you had a boss fight proper? Like, have you had one or yeah, two? Yeah, I've had some boss okay. fights. OK, because um, there are I mean, I will say in the very early stages of the game, it's not, you know, it's not rocket surgery, right? Like, no, it's, no, no, you no. know, it's just pick thing up, throw thing at enemy enemy likely dies. Um, yeah, I've gotten enemies where I have to throw multiple things. And break shields and do other <laughs> stuff. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've also put all, a lot of my ability points in, like, powering up my uh, throwing stuff powers. Sure. Because um, why not? Um, because throwing stuff is cool. Throwing stuff is cool. And again, it, it's not... I, I, yeah, I don't want it to come across that I think it's not a good game. Because I, I think it is, right? It's fun to play. But, yeah, it just kind of... I don't know. Well, the, the reason that I ask if um you know where you are and 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 where you're at with it is like is this going to be a two part conversation because are you do you want to finish it and record again like i'm it, not sh- i'm not sure i would have anything new to say okay well i mean like some of my best some of my favorite moments are in the latter half of the game which it feels like you haven't even touched so like i i guess i have to ask the real question have you found your brother have you found dylan faden yet no, but that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the story arcs. And I probably could have, boy, I, I don't think I could have called, called out Jesse, but I probably could have pulled out Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that is one of those parts of the story. It's like, okay, that's a good hook. Like, that's a good story note. Um, that That's what you're here for. That's your motivation is finding your brother. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's just, I, I find it really weird to, like, have a conversation about this game knowing that you're pre that. Um, just because, like... I, I mean, it's not like it's not like the game radically changes in the latter half. But but like I said, the the you're in this I think you're in this glide path in the game where the narrative and your supernatural abilities sort of follow the same upward trajectory. Right. Where like sure, sure. originally, I think, you know, the the part of the game that you're in is designed to get you familiar with the fact that you do have psychic powers, um, get you acclimated with the different characters in this building, right? Because like they're, they're doing a little bit of a narrative heavy lift here because you're, you're in this building for the first time ever. You've been pulled here by this power that's in your head essentially. Um, and now you're in charge, you know, like that. And so now Mm -hmm, they have to mm -hmm. tell you who these different people are who report up to you. So it's like a, a lot of it is, is introduction. Like who is this person? What do they do? they are sending you this place to go do this thing. Like, how do I release the lockdown? You know, like all those, like, like basically the first part of the game is, is sending you to the different areas of the oldest house. And then the last 10 hours of the game is, is basically, you know, 
then exploring deeper into those different locations to find out what's what's really going on there. So it's like, you know, it's almost like you have almost like a taste of like all these different areas, but like you don't really have all of the depth yet. So I don't know how to engage in a conversation (laughs) about it Um, because it's like, oh, you haven't done that. Oh, you didn't meet this person. Oh, you haven't, you know, like the narrative. I mean, I'd I'd say you could go spoiler. You go spoilers. Okay. Well, Um, I mean, so basically what, what you have yet to uncover is the idea that, um, the ultimately the narrative of what's happening in the oldest house and what's happening to the Bureau of Control and the story arc of you and your, your, uh, brother, um, are coming together. Basically they are the same narrative. What is happening with, with the house and what's happening with you and your brother are all tied together with this thing that happened to you when you were kids. And yeah. yeah. So I, I've gotten the, the story of like what the kid stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, it's already been like strongly hinted that all of that is very, very tied together at, at the very least. Right. Maybe more than hinted, but sure. Right. So, so what you find out when you, um, so I'm wondering if you're wondering how close you were to getting to the part where you go get your brother. Cause the, um, the mission threshold, I'm just kind of going back through here. You see- I, I will say, so again, one of the things like, it's not the, it's not that the story is not engaging and it's not that the gameplay isn't, um, you know, it's gameplay. Um, I'd say a lot of it is the, like, is the glitches, is the graphics is like a lot of these things that just make it hard to play and have fun. Um, like I know there's a menu system. I know there's like I've upgraded some stuff, but like I do not spend time in menus because opening a menu takes four seconds and it takes four seconds to close. Okay. And like pulling up the map, sometimes it draws the map. Like, um, you know, it, it's a lot of weird stuff like that. And even the story stuff, like I, I would love to see how it renders on a different machine because they're, you know, <laughs> It's reminiscent of Mass Effect Andromeda. I'll say that. <laughs> that the way faces are drawn and lighting is done, like you get a lot of these like weird sunken eyes and like like weird shadows on faces because the lighting is rendered weird. And like yeah. it's not good to watch. Well, and so this is an interesting point. So I mean, this is like this is very quickly gonna turn into uh Burnsy tries to get Paul to buy a gaming PC. Um, because <laughs> sure, I mean, because like the the thing that you that you may or may not be aware of in terms of like technically what this this game you know is doing, um, I think this game was actually like a pack in for a certain generation of GeForce graphics cards, um, particularly the GeForce uh, 2000 series, the ones that first introduced ray tracing, the RTX, um, and like. I think what's probably happening is, you know, the Xbox one hardware that you're playing on is so far removed from the technology sure. that is like, yeah, it's, what, like six year old hardware. Yes. Well, it's longer than that. I want to say it's like 2013, 20, uh, might, maybe be, even 2012 might even be eight year old hardware at this point. Um, I think it really, I think it launched in 14, if I remember right, but uh, okay. yeah, they were using older parts. So sure. right. Um, but like this, this game was used as a showpiece for those graphics cards because it was built with both ray tracing lighting, uh, RTX lighting. Uh, and it also uses NVIDIA DLSS technology, which is just a fancy way of saying like, you want to play the game at this resolution. It draws the game at a much lower resolution so that it can actually tax the hardware physically less and then scale that up. So Instead, what your Xbox is doing is drawing it at like native resolution with hardware that can't cut it and a lighting engine that just won't work. Um, yeah, it's definitely not ray tracing. That's for sure. Yeah. And there are there are points in this game where I mean, I, I won't say so like what I what I can imagine is happening is that like all of these little pain points, it's sort of the death by a thousand cuts thing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Like, the game is certainly probably playable, but I'm, I'm sure it's like just unpleasant. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it. Um, yeah, I. I I will say that like the visuals in this game on a, on a machine that are, are, is built to, to run this game the way it's supposed to look are some of its strongest appeal. Um, because in certain areas when, you know, the light beams in and the shadows are dancing off of stuff, like they're doing a lot of like mood stuff and mood setting with the way that they're playing with light in this game. And if you don't have the ability to see that again, it's just, it's a lot like it, it would be like, 
I don't know. I, like I'm trying, I'm struggling to find a good it, example. It, it occasionally looks like Xbox 360 graphics. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Like that's what it looks like. So yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not a, a showcase of graphic power. I just like, I just don't know how much of this podcast is going to be. Paul just uh, really <laughs> doesn't like the thing that Jason really liked. But uh, well, this one, this one wasn't for me. This is your week. This was for you. you I wanted know. to play this. I know. I know. But like, I, I do, I do think that like, yeah, to, to get the full, uh, the full experience out of this game, you do need to play it on modern. So that's, I think that would be the trick that, I mean, I have the ultimate edition, so it's playable on a next gen system when I are, when I get one. So I would say that if I was going to pick it up again, it would be in the future at some point when I had a new system. There you go. Um, And I think at that point, the shake I could give it would probably be a much fairer shake. I mean, at this point, I like, <laughs> I don't know, to, 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 to offer the contrasting like viewpoint, um, I, I do want to talk about some things that like the reason why I liked this game so much. Um, and I'm going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I already talked about the oldest house and how I just really like that as a setting for a video game. I do, I do like the setting a lot. And I, I think the point you made was a good one that it is both a singular building, but one that very quickly makes you forget you're in a building. Well, in a building, yeah, exactly. In a building that when you round a corner and see something that's like totally not belonging in an office building, yeah. it makes sense because of what superpowers. No, the surreal that. nature of the place is good. Um, yeah. I think the atmosphere is really good. Um, I will say the atmospheric like chatter <laughs> I could have done without. Maybe if like a, I would have liked a soundtrack rather than just like random whispering. Oh, but oh, Paul. Oh, Paul, again, you just you didn't play long enough is the problem. I didn't play long enough. I do have a note that I was like, I bet there's some bullshit story that like you have to record this, this and play it backwards or something. And it's going to tell you the secrets of the game. So I don't know if you noticed this, but like, so, so this is a really perfect segue into one of my favorite sequences in the entire game. Okay. Um, when you first meet Ati, the janitor, uh, yeah, and even, I, I like him too. I, the characters in this game, I think, are fun. And yeah, did you fun. notice he was wearing? So he's got kind of yellow, old-fashioned headphones. You know, uh, like yeah. basically the Walkman. Yeah, this one. And uh, the, it was a Pony brand uh, Walkman. And it was <laughs> it was in fact a Walkman. I'm I'm almost certain it was not actually a Discman because uh, okay. there's also there's a memo that you can read about the oldest house and why, like, because I don't know if you notice, like all the computers are basically like terminal PCs. Um, you know, I did have a question that kind of lingered with me of what era this is supposed to be set. Yes. In. Yes. That is a good um, question. And that was a question I had written down. Like, is this the eighties? Is this the present? Like what is, when is it? So I asked this question while I was playing this on Twitch and somebody was like, uh, do you want me to tell you or do you, and I'm like, no, 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 don't tell me. Don't tell me if there's, if there's a way that it explains it in the game, don't tell me. So I was, I was not spoiled. There's, there's a couple of different places you can find different memos that talk about technology in the oldest house. And, and it's, it's twofold. Essentially, um, the lore behind objects of power are that there essentially are no objects of power that are quote unquote modern technology. So uh, the most recent like object of power is probably the Bakelite telephone. That is the, um, uh, the, what do they call that? It's the, um, the hotline. Um, Yeah. yeah. Because essentially, and, and they, they don't have an exact reason or explanation as to why, but essentially the way that they infer that that's happening is that objects of power, it's, it's essentially the Tinkerbell effect, right? If you believe it's a, if you believe it has power, it has power kind of thing. Um, and so because technology has begun advancing at such a pace, like s- no particular model of smartphone holds the public attention long enough to effectively become an object of power. Um, hmm. And the the oldest house itself is one giant object of power that this office space is set up in. Um, and because so much of the oldest house and like the way that it operates on, um, you know, these weird resonance frequencies, and that comes up a lot in the game too, because the, the hiss have a certain like frequency that they kind of, you know, resonate at and, and so on and so forth. Any like modern technology that's brought into the building effectively like self-destructs or blows up like in your pocket. So hmm. there's a checkpoint where you like 
you leave any modern technology at all. So the game takes place in 2019, the year that it was published. Uh, but everything within the oldest house is literally at least 30 years old or more in terms of its advanced, you know, capabilities because anything newer than that effectively just self-destructs. Hmm. See, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it gets, it gets more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so speaking of soundtrack, the, the soundtrack is one of those where, you know, there's a little bit of it, like it kicks in in boss battles and stuff like that, but it's very yeah. subdued. Like it's, it's very, very subdued, but one of my favorite sequences in the game is the ashtray maze. And so I found the ashtray maze. I have been in there. Okay. But I've not solved it. So if that angers me a bit more in time. There is no solution to it per se. You just have to progress to the point in the story where you get the thing that will allow you to progress through it. So I don't have that. (laughs) And the thing that will allow you to progress through it is Ati hands you his pony Walkman and says, here, put this on. It will guide you. Um, and as you walk into the ashtray maze, you put on his like iconic yellow, like headphones, you click play on his Walkman and it plays this freaking metal tune that was like composed for the game. That's like take control. And like, um, as you do the, the maze like shifts and unfolds itself before you. So suddenly the path is revealed, but like it's not even just like shifting corridors. It eventually becomes like shifting giant chasms and like the, the walls like slide in weird random directions. And you're essentially like floating through some sections, then enemies show up. Then you're having like this battle with them as you're floating, like throwing telekinetic stuff at them and then having a gunfight. And like, it is, it's like if you took that vertical slice and showed it to someone and they were like, this is a video game, it would be hard to like not want to just immediately play all of that video game because it is. And and what's amazing to me, somebody brought this up in my Twitch chat too. They said, what I respect about this game is a lesser game would have taken a sequence like the ashtray maze and then replicated it a bunch, right? Because it's really compelling and it's not like anything else that happens in the game. But the other thing that I like about um, about control just as a piece of like narrative fiction and, and melded with video game is that it will introduce set pieces like that, let you have the experience and then just let it be right. Like they're not afraid to put a bunch of effort into a thing that probably took a lot of work to put together and then just let that be that part of the game and then move you on to something completely different. And, and that's, again, why I really, really like you know, the later parts of this game where it opens up, there's more of those kind of set pieces that you see. Well, and I think, so that's an interesting, I mean, from a gaming design standpoint, it's also the case that burying those in the second half and having the first half be very much not that, um, is a strange choice too. Well, what they're, what they're doing though, is like, it's, it's, I've heard it called a Metroidvania. I'm going to stop short of saying like it's a true Metroidvania. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case, but the progression is very similar, right? Where it's like on first blush, it's a basic walkway and a basic corridor. But as you go deeper into the game, it reveals more of itself to you. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a risky thing because what it risks is, you know, kind of what you're pointing out, which is like, I got bored and I left. But if, if you know the trade-off for that is later on down the line, what I get are experiences that are like, I wasn't expecting that, or I'm completely blown away by that. Like there are just a lot of pieces like set pieces in this game and, and visual like showcases in this game where I'm like, Holy crap, I was not expecting that. And wow, that was amazing. Um, did you ever make it to the giant, um, the giant quarry like area that seemingly seems to be out in the middle of like outer space itself? I've been to the, I've been to a quarry. I don't remember it being in outer space. Okay. Like it just like, if you look up at the night sky, it feels like you're in an asteroid, like floating through space. Um, and, and you go there several times and like, I think the first time you go, it's a little bit smaller and then you go to like different areas of it. Like, so that, like that set piece I think is really like interesting and really thrilling. And like, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they do with the astral plane. There's even a boss fight that happens later in the astral plane, which is like, you know, just again, really incredible. Um, like, yeah, there's just so many different, well, and I don't even think since you haven't rescued your, uh, your brother yet, you haven't rescued Dylan Faden. Have you been to the giant prison complex where he's held the panopticon? No. 
Okay, so that in and of itself is like this giant, almost imagine like a giant, like you're inside a giant silo, right? That's just I mean, like- You have to be an Opticon. It's huge. <laughs> it's, 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 a, yeah. And like, you basically have to like vertically traverse the levels, like using like elevators and stuff. And then I think when you get to the top and defeat the boss, like on your way down is when you have the levitate power. And so then like all these things that you had to like climb and then like move around like these different bridges to like get through. Now you're just like, Oh cool. No, I'll just fly there now. Um, so, I mean, just things like that, the way that they're using the environment to both storytell, but then also reinforce the power you just got. Um, I just, I really, really like, and, and, you know, again, like I said, it's, it's the game really opens itself up to you that the deeper in you go. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's, that's one of the big challenges is that the beginning, I don't know. I think that the beginning has a lot of issues that are trickier. So the, the, the term I'll toss out the, the sort of philosophy of gaming term, ludonarrative dissonance, um, now this now this podcast got nerdy. Now, well, yeah, it totally nerdy. wasn't before. But um, it, but it yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I could. I mean, I when I was playing the first you know few hours of it, it's like, man, I could not stop thinking about that in a way I haven't thought about in many games for a long time. Um, this idea of um, right ludo narrative dissonance, the the dissonance between the gameplay and the story. Um, that they do just toss you into this, right? You described it well, that you end up in a room and then you have a gun and it's like, well, there's enemies. So I guess I have a gun, so I shoot them. And then you go into a room and it's like, okay, story, 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 story. And I'm like, wow, that story's cool. And then you leave the room and you shoot things because you have a gun. Um, and I think in the beginning, they do not do a great job of making those feel like the same game. Um, and, and that slowly gets better, but it's still feels like the reason you are shooting things is because you have a gun and it's a game where you have a gun. Um, not well, okay. Hang on though. I'm going to, I'm going to push back against that a little bit because it's like, yeah, I mean, you are basically like you're handed, you're literally presented a gun. Yes. Yes. And the gun is magical essentially. Yeah, right. And it's you're told a, to oh. pick it up. But yeah. I mean, the first thing that happens after that is not like, it's not like you're put into a room with strangers and told to start shooting them. Like crazy no, no, no. red eyed glowing bad dudes show up. They teleport in and start like charging you. Bad dudes kidnap the president. Bad dudes kidnap. Um, in this case, bad nudes, bad, bad dudes kidnap the director the of the oldest house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so like, but I, I'm having a hard time seeing how that's necessary. Like, how how is that an example of ludo narrative dissonance though because it's like i mean the story is well, they, by the by virtue of the story by virtue of the mystery of it the fact that like you name the thing right you name them the hiss um but they're mysterious and like again the first time you shoot them again you shoot them because it's a game where you have a gun and they're glowing red eye guys who are charging you um but the motivation, the motivation is is much more about like finding your brother. Like Jesse does not care about much here. Um, it's clear in the story, um, and has a lot of ulterior motives, right? Sure. Um, which I, is also very compelling from a story perspective. Um, but the mystery of that, and the mystery of a lot of those sorts of things, lends itself to that being right. You just kind of have to play along because it's a game at the beginning, and and that's fine. Like it's not that most games don't do that. Um, but it feels disjointed at least for a bit. I, I mean, I, I'll argue like, I, I can't argue with your take on it, but I would just say, I didn't feel that at all. Um, like it's very, like the impression that I got from Jesse Faden is <clears throat> she's here. She was drawn here because she's been searching for her brother this entire time. And this is, you know, the, the thing that talks to her in her head, which by the way, you eventually do find out what that's all about too. Um, you know, Polaris or, or it, it goes by a couple of different names. Yeah, um, she's talked about it a bit and I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's effectively, um, it's, it's also a thing that, that the, um, uh, that the Bureau of Control was studying. Um, it's, but, uh, it's, do I remember that it's extra dimensional? Is that what I've learned so far? Yeah, correct. It's also yeah. like, um, it's also essentially like, 
um, sort of the opposite. You kind of find out it's sort of the yin and the yang to uh, to the hiss. Like it's basically like diametrically opposed to to the hiss as well. Um, it's basically like I don't I'm not a huge fan of the way they throw around the term resonance in this game. Um, you know, like I'm not sure that word means what you think it means kind of thing. But like, OK, I'm willing to go along with it. It's, you know, it's very um it's very your weird aunt on Facebook where it's like, I bought all these crystals, man, because it's all about the resonance. Um, but, yeah. but effectively, like they both appear to be extra dimensional beings that that are, you know, composed almost entirely of, of resonance, basically. Um, but yeah, like I, I completely bought the idea that, like, again, Jesse's looking for her brother, this thing that's been in her head basically since she was a child, since this supernatural event that happened. Uh, when they were kids um, has pulled her to this place and, and essentially her desire to find her brother combined with the fact that she is seemingly the only person who is unaffected by the hiss means that like, I mean, what else is she going to do? You know, like, I mean, in, in a, in a place like this, I mean, and hiss showing up all over the place, like, like I don't see how you're like, I'm only shooting them because they're bad guys. It's like, I mean, the the other option is they will murder you. Like, that's just what. Sure. But I, I mean, I think the I think the Outer Wilds is a good example of the complete opposite of that. Right. Of a game that we be praised for not having guns and not having um, that whole side of it and telling a compelling story without that whole side. And and this is a combat game. Right. This is a game about this is a yeah. person. Um, so it is what it is. But. Boy, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this game contextualizes the violence more than I think most action games do. I mean, I I guess I have a hard time seeing like, I guess by this extension, I have a hard time seeing how any game that has a gun that puts you in a place that says shoot that um, is not going to demonstrate as much or more dissonance than than this game does. Like, I feel like if anything, like this game did a better job you know at least explaining why i because they even have a scene where she brings up the 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 question of like okay these were people who worked in your office building is there any way to save them and she tries right like she goes through the effort to try to like cleanse them of this uh this infestation basically and and in doing so kills the person she's trying to help and it's like you know basically at this point they're you know as far as we know they're just a husk and they're if they get out, the entire world is going to be this. So like, well, I think that's fully revealed. I'm saying very much in the beginning. So I think as time progresses in the game, it gets better and better. Well, I mean, that's like, did you spend a lot of time talking to Pope? Like she's the first person you talk, like when you sit down and have like the boardroom chat, like this is all stuff they go over, like almost right away. Like I want to say I got to this almost in my first playthrough session, which was probably only a few hours long. Um, like, I, I mean, this is all stuff that they kind of square away pretty much right away. I, I think how long it took me to get to Pope, but I, I would agree that's probably a few hours. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's basically like survival up to that point. Like, I, I don't know. I just have a hard, I, I mean, agree to disagree, I suppose, but I just have a hard time like seeing that perspective of it. Um, but you know, Hey, that's, that's why we have a video game podcast. Um, I also like set pieces like the Ocean View Hotel. Um, I, I really yeah. liked that as like a narrative way station slash tie in. Um, another character that I really like was Langston. So there's there's two characters in this game that I would that I would basically like put as like the yin and the yang of the oldest house. One of them is Dr. Darling, who's the guy that you see in all of the like real footage where he's talking about like, this is what objects of power are. Um, he's the head researcher of. Uh, of the oldest house. Like, I don't know if you remember some of those. No, I do remember those a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember those a lot. Um, because and this is just me and, and this is, boy, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just down on this, this podcast today, but, um, I, I am not the biggest fan of like live action video in a game like this. Um, I, I appreciate it and I could just see what, how it's like, you like it or you don't. But that's why I remember it, because I, I remember like, oh, it, it kind of made the uncanny valley of the graphics worse, I think is why I noticed it. <laughs> um, okay. That if, if it had been rendered in in um, in engine, I don't think it wouldn't have jumped out at me, but it was like, 
you're already in this uncanny valley with the graphics and then you're showing me real people and it yeah it kind of stood out there are two i'll grant you that there are two characters that i think enter uncanny valley territory for me and it's pope herself because like the way her face moves is pretty yeah weird um and then there is uh what's his name he is the uh he's one of the security guys and i'm trying to remember um arish uh, okay. he has like perma squint going on. Like his, his face is like, when you talk to him, he's like, Hey, uh, excuse me, ma'am. What's going on here? Uh, like both of their faces, I feel like probably could have been rendered better. But again, I, I would be curious to see what you thought or, or felt if you get this on slightly better hardware. Cause visually, yeah. I think the game looks pretty good. So I, but I can imagine again, if you every time I talked to Pope, I was always kind of like, Oh, hey, Ooh, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, same same that is the way it was a close-up of jesse talking too it's also like oh oh yeah um what's happening what is happening no so but i will say dr darling so to back to my original point dr darling is sort of the one end of the equation where it's like this guy clearly loves his job a bunch maybe a little bit too much um and then eventually when you go into the panopticon to uh to to raid that place and get you know dylan out you run into the guy who's like basically running that and his name is langston and he's like the polar opposite of darling, like literally nothing in the job phases him. And he's more annoyed than fascinated by everything. It's like, essentially he's in charge of all the like inconvenient swept under the rug stuff that they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, put a, put a lid on that stuff. Cause it's uh, you know, people will die. Okay. So just keep that here, keep it under lock and key and don't let any funny business happen. And he's just the warehouse at the end of Raiders is what you're saying. Essentially. Yeah. And he's the guy running that warehouse and he's as miserable and you, as you would imagine he is. And it's great. Um, it's, it's absolutely great. Um, so there's, there's that going on. There's, uh, the other thing that I appreciated as a fan of, of remedy, and this one probably is, is pretty lost on you, but they do actually do a lot of great, uh, effort to tie this into what is effectively the remedy verse. Um, so I know for a fact, because I read the file that this ties into, uh, the game Alan Wake, uh, which was an Xbox 360 remedy game, uh, about a horror writer who the stuff that he wrote was coming to life. There's a case file on that game, uh, in the oldest house, um, which stuff like that. I always like, I just get a huge charge out of, cause it's just the style that they're clearly emulating is like genre television from the nineties, you know? Like, and I just like that scratches an itch that for me is just like almost irresistible. And I'm like, okay, that's really, really good. So Um, maybe a good question, right? Is so you've played other games from the studio. Um, Where does this fit in with those? Like, is this better than those? Are there other ones better? Uh, That's a good question. I like this much more than Alan Wake. The only one that I haven't played is uh, Quantum Break. So I couldn't place it against Quantum Break. I think Quantum Break was like, I think it was underappreciated when it came out because it had like a weird development history. Essentially, Quantum Break was one of the casualties that happened of the Xbox One changing focus like 19 different times. Um, So so but apparently it's a good enough game on its own. I like Alan Wake a lot for the story. I think the gameplay is a little lacking in Alan Wake. Like the gameplay is just kind of generic and and not that interesting. Uh, So I feel like the gameplay is more interesting here. Uh, it would be hard for me to say that I like this game more than Max Payne, which is Remedy's first big entry uh, into video gaming, because that game came out when I was in college and I played it so, 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 so much. Like I played so much Max Payne <laughs> um, and that has like a soft spot in my heart. But I would have to say this game is probably like one of their best. Like this is. I mean, this game was put up for game of the year 2019 uh, by by quite a few different places. And and I would agree. I would put it up in that pedigree. I feel like this is uh, game of the year material. So I, I would say that when played on the proper hardware, um, you know, and, and, and not having to deal with all the nonsense that you had to deal with, uh, I think this game really works if if uh, if you're into that sort of thing. I've always wondered about Max Payne. Max Payne's a hard game to play now. Um, I actually have a Steam copy of it and I tried to play it. Um, and like you have to use like two or three different unofficial fan patches to get it to work. Oh, it's hard game to, okay. Not, it's not that it's hard to play once you're playing it. It's hard to get it to run. It's hard to get it to run on modern hardware. Yeah. Cause it, when it came out, essentially the like uh, windows millennium edition 2000 was like what most people had or windows 98 SE. 
um, Windows XP was like brand new. So it's kind of in that weird era of gaming. Like I went down a rabbit hole with trying to get Max Payne to work where like it's not that hard. Like there's a couple of unofficial patches that you have to install and you're off to the races. I don't really like unofficial patches. So I was researching alternate ways to make that happen. And one of the alternate ways to make that happen that popped up that I actually thought about doing because there's so many games from that era that I want to play was like creating a virtual PC <laughs> that's and loading Windows XP on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, God, maybe I just do that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm still thinking about it. But, but I would say this is this is probably some of the best that they've ever put out, I would say. Yeah. And, and yeah, to your point, I think a lot of the things, a lot of the critiques, I think, would be fixed by hardware um yeah because a lot of it is menuing takes forever um lots of things take forever there's a lot of artifacting the light gradient and i think a lot of it is probably because they designed it to be ray traced but um there's a lot of artifacting in in light um that is very noticeable and again i wonder in a weird way yeah i wonder how much of that was supposed to be um just like particle effects that you're just not seeing correctly no, yeah well yeah good point good point but it's definitely just like artifacting and it's clearly pixelated not like mm. atmospheric mm. well if times were better uh what i would recommend is is you and your lovely family come visit and you could sit down in front of my computer <laughs> and play it um no I, I think there's some other small things too and, and your your death by a thousand cuts i think is really what it is just the like small stuff. So like the fact that, you know, X pretty much reloads a a weapon in every game that I play. um, And it switches between modes because your gun automatically reloads itself, which is kind of cool on its own, but it's like, that's frustrating. Um, (laughs) It took a while to get over that. The fact that B doesn't uh, demenu you uh, always, only sometimes. Um, The fact that there's no waypoints, man, waypoints would, Waypoints would be nice. Well, I mean, there's control points. There's go, control points. You go back to the control point. That's the save station. It's a save station. No, and those are nice, right? The fast travel network is good. Yeah. Um, especially like what you're saying, that you kind of keep going back to these places over and over and over. Um, yeah. Like, again, it's one of these where like I could see how there's... I've been more down on this game, I think, than, I've, than, than rightly so. Sure. Um, but I think it's also one of those where like, you know... Playing on old hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I know well, what and, and to your point too, I won't say that like my takeaway of this game is entirely sunshine and puppies. Like I, I do have a couple of things. Like I mentioned the uncanny, uncanny Valley faces of, of Pope and Arish. Like I think a lot of the other ones actually look good. So I would be curious to see what you think if you saw it, you know, on, on other hardware as well, but, but Pope and Arish definitely both. The random people you see, you're kind of far enough away from them that I think it works. It's really the like when you do close-ups and and Pope you spend a lot of time talking to and Jesse you spend a lot of time listening to monologues, um, so I think those are the two that I noticed it the most. Well, and I think Jesse actually looks really good, so that's that's again yeah, where Jesse is the one that looked the worst on my playthrough. Oof. Um, okay. Okay. So that's that's probably a big difference then. I, I also like the upgrade paths and the customization system. I liked the the upgrade paths for the powers because those felt like natural and there was like a currency that you got and you just like went down a line and, and just picked which one you wanted to upgrade. I wasn't wild about the way the weapon crafting slash upgrading worked like pretty much at all. Like the, the fact that those mods were like random drop, like there's no need to have stuff be random drop unless you're playing. Yeah. Mario. <laughs> like, yeah. And like I said, I, I didn't, I found those systems and then like, just kind of randomly socked stuff in there. And I was just trying to not be in menus as much as possible because of all the menu lag. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Ouch. Uh, And I will say the final level is, um, I know it would have been cliche to have a boss battle. There is no actual final boss battle, but I actually kind of preferred to have a final boss battle. It's a, it's a pod race. It's a pod race. You have to pod race off of the collapsing uh, halo ring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Okay, I, I want that game now. <laughs> now the final level is basically like a, uh, a, a an enemy gauntlet uh, where it throws like all enemies at the game at you in like waves and stuff. Um, and eventually, it kind of feels a little cheap, you know, like towards the end. It's not like I, I probably reset a few times, like on the last checkpoint, 
um, just enough to be annoyed by it. And that's always kind of one of those where it's like, eh, this is fine. But like, I kind of would have preferred a different challenge, you know, right? Like it's, so I don't know that, that those are kind of nitpicky, but those are, those are the things that I like didn't yeah. necessarily I, care for. Yeah. It also, I mean, again, I didn't finish it. So it, it's possible that all the different types of enemies are late game, but it, it very much felt like all the enemies were very cookie cutter in the same, or just like different skinned versions of the same, um, that you got a guy that like throws grenades. You got a guy that throws bullets. You got a guy that shoots rockets and you got guys that are slightly bigger and have shields. Um, and I'm probably forgetting some, but it's kind of what it felt like that you're just killing the same guys over and over and over, um, which is not uncommon in a video game, but, uh, doom, I think is a great example of something like, man, I, there aren't many enemies in doom, but the 1000th one of that first demon that you kill still feels as satisfying as the first. Um, and that's hard to pull off. I mean, Doom's a very good game. Um, but I think that was a, a letdown here too. Yeah, more enemy variety, I think, wouldn't have necessarily have been a bad thing. I do think that there are a few more enemy types that like, they do some different combinations with like shielded and non-shielded and stuff. But like, there's basically like telekinetic enemies that will throw stuff at you just like you can throw stuff at them. I don't know if you ran into yeah. any of those. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm forgetting. The guys that kind of fly around and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and then there's some who are not flying around who are like big tanky versions. So like, they, you know, they, no. I, I felt like the enemy variety was like good enough, but not like anything that, you know, again, to your point, other games have done that a little better for sure. So, but I, I will say that this is, this is one of the games like that I played that I enjoyed the most, like, and, and I, I think I really would have enjoyed this game no matter what. Um, but I'm glad that I get to talk about it because like, I, I just, for me, this was, this was a, a, a tour de force of like why I like this publisher. It's like they're aggressively like story driven action games, right? Like they're just like, they're not afraid of it. Like it's just the story. Like, so that's why like, I think I, I took your, your critique of like Ludo narrative dissonance. So to heart, because I feel like I feel like that's a fair criticism in many video games, just like video sure. games, period. Um, and I feel like this game actually has the least amount of, of dissonance for me that like the story and what I was doing in the game seemed to gel the most for me. So and yeah. again, that's just that's that's taste, you know, right? Yeah, like, and that's weird because, yeah, because I would have said at least for the first few hours, it really felt like I was reading a good book and every once in a while somebody would knock it out of my hands give me a gun and be like, okay, to keep reading the book, you have to clear this room. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. Fair enough. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like the story uh, was, was a satisfying conclusion. I feel like you should play through at some point, whether you wait for new hardware or not to the point where you meet Dylan Faden, that whole sequence is really creepy, very unnerving. Um, and he like as a character really drives the second half of that game in a, in a kind of unsettling way. Uh, I like what they did with, with that character. Um, and, and I haven't played any of the expansion content, uh, but I'm excited to dive into that stuff, uh, after finishing the yeah. main campaign. I have the expansions too. So, I mean, yeah, I think if, 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 and when I get a next box, um, this will be on the list to finish to revisit. Uh, you know, you know, I don't like leaving games unfinished, but man, the, the <laughs> things that are stopping me from playing are not the gameplay and the, the story. It's the, the technical, it's the glitches. And yeah, that's all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. Well, I think that unless you have anything else you want to do, I think that covers our conversation of control. Um, you, I, I think this was actually a fairly in-depth conversation. So, um, if you want to push back against anything we said, leave us a comment, uh, all that kind of stuff. You can find out more about us at uh, our website, missingsafefile.com. Links to all of our social media uh, are there as well. Um, and then I played this game on Twitch at twitch.tv slash it's uh, feel free to drop by and say hi there as well. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to wrap this podcast um, with uh, the way we always wrap it, which is figuring out what we're going to talk about the next time on the missing save file. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I should say if, uh, if people have a if complaints for me, just go to watch, watch burns on Twitch and just, just yell in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's how you can get in touch with me. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> really? This is the Missing Save File. I'm Bernsey. And I'm Paul. And now, Paul, it's your pick. Last time I kind of went through this tortured thing where it was like we basically take turns. We each choose a game for us to play on the podcast. Um, I think I chose the one that you were the most reluctant to play anyway. So I do feel kind of mm-hmm. guilty that I maybe pushed you into this game that you didn't want to play. You, so now you picked the game that you wanted to play the most. I think that's fair. I did. <laughs> I very much did. And now I think it's your turn to play either the game that you very much want to play the most, the game that you very much want me to play the most, the game that you I think. Know, I, I, will, I will honor the spirit of the, the, the fact that I will be picking a game for you. Okay. So, um, <laughs> wait, 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 low key. Is that, is that it? Is that what we were supposed to be doing? I mean, I, I maybe a little, isn't it? I'm going to be honest with you, Paul, at this point, after doing a dozen of these with you, I have no good goddamn idea what I should pick for you at this point. So I'm just, I'm in this, when I have a pick, I'm just picking for me, baby. Okay. I'm just, I'm a- <laughs> wait, that's not my pick. That's not my pick. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what did you say? Sorry, I didn't hear Oh, Barbie Horse Adventure. Uh, well, too late. You said it. Next time oh. on the podcast, we're talking about. Okay. Um, so you like uh, you like Metroidvania games? I do. You like eight bit games and sixteen bit games? I. It's fair. Okay. Um. It, well, I'll just jump into it. Do you ever play the Messenger? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No, I never played the Messenger. You ever played Ninja Gaiden? Yeah, I played, uh, so fun fact about uh, Ninja Gaiden, um, I did not have, I think I'm fond of saying this on the podcast, didn't grow up with an NES, SNES. My babysitter had an NES that had, oh, wow. uh, that had uh, the original Ninja Gaiden. Um, I wasn't ever much good at it, but I remember spending tons of time playing that at my Man. babysitter's house. That has got to be the best, like... Wow, you want to be you want to have the easiest job as a babysitter? Get a console that the kid doesn't have, right? And just be like, "You're good, kid. You're good for the next six hours." <laughs> yep, I'm good. This game is hard as balls. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so no, I've never I've heard of the Messenger and like the tie-in with uh, with Ninja Gaiden. I think I remember like the art from from the game. And so the Messenger is a uh, 2018 game. Okay, uh, and it's on it's on every platform, but it's also on Game Pass. Um, and I mean, I, I played it on, um, Xbox, which is a great place to play it, but, um, I think it's, yeah, it's on everything. Um, I don't know if it would be on PC game pass, but it might be. Um, but it's a fun homage to Ninja Gaiden and games of that era. Um, and it's also a send up of those games. Pretty, um, it's a pretty good send up of those games. Um, I, I mean, I think that's kind of the sell point. There's not, there's more to it than that, but not, it's, it's a good platformer. It's a fun Metroidvania platformer. Okay. Um, and I just looked, it is on both, uh, console and PC game pass. So play it on whichever one you want. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's on switch Two and PS4. Um, it's again, it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't have ray tracing, so you can kind of play it wherever you want. <laughs> I can, I can feel you chewing the disdain of those words as you like spit them out. You're like, those are you, I would love to have ray tracing. I would love, I, I've seen Minecraft stills. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, no I joke. How that flows into a beautiful Minecraft cavern, and you know. Um, but yeah, this is a fun one. It's a fun little quick one. I've, I've, um, like I said, I've played it. I've played it to completion. Um, it, 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 yeah, I think you'll like it. I've also watched a few people that stream play it, um, and it's a fun one to stream. I think um, because it is that very, it's a very classic feel of a game, but it's a very new game, so it's pretty polished. If anybody has recommendations for what I should start recommending to Paul, I think you guys might know better than me. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash it's Burnsy. Just drop in chat. Paul Paul will, will hopefully be there watching me play the messenger. Um, I feel like we have to come I, up with a win. I, I will say, um, <laughs> our, our wild conversation was like, uh, you know, crazy, right? Yeah. But I think I still, and, and I think the further I get from the outer wilds, I hope I, I hope I instilled it during that one. But the further I get from it, the more I can, look back i think and just see how good of a game is in there and i think i finished you know when when we finished i said i wish i had just <laughs> played it the right way essentially yeah um not in so many words but i could appreciate that there was a very good game in there so i so i do think outer wilds was a, a, a you could count that in the win column okay fair enough i appreciate that i'll take that i'll take that win thank you paul um i'm excited to play the messenger this looks uh, i'm looking through some uh, some screen grabs right now uh, the description of this game is, as a demon army besieges his village, a young ninja ventures through a cursed world to deliver a scroll paramount to his clan's survival. What begins as a classic action platformer soon unravels into an expansive time-traveling adventure full of thrills, surprises, and humor. Um, I'm into it. Let's... Yeah, let's... Fun yeah okay. It, uh, I don't know how many hours it is, but it's, you know, it's probably in that 10 to 20 hour, maybe. I guess depending on how much you kind of 100% it, but sure. um, it's fun. It's okay. Fun. Okay, well, I've done and done. So I will uh, we'll try to get this podcast mixed and up as quickly as possible um, because I will be playing this soon on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash it's Burnsy. Um, and Paul, hopefully you'll hang out there whenever you're possible. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of stuff going on, but... Um, oh, yeah, I'll definitely try to catch as much of this as possible because, yeah, this great. is a fun one. Yeah, so, so that's it. That's what we're playing next time. Um, in the meantime, we threw out the website. We'll do it again because, well, when you got a podcast, is what you got to do, missingsavefile.com. All the relevant links are on there. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. We always tell you again, too, if you're able to, if your store has reviews of podcasts, you can put whatever text you want to in there. If the podcast store has a rating system with stars or points or what have you, just give us all of the points. Um, but then you can tell us that uh, you don't like the podcast in the text. That's fine. The algorithm does not care. Just give us all the. If you don't have one that, that gives stars or allows ratings, then, you know, just just write things on a piece of paper and then like <laughs> put, it, put it out into the world. Um, Scream them in your soul. Right. But but not file.com on a piece of paper and then give it to someone. <laughs> exactly. There doesn't matter who. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode until next time i'm bernsey i'm paul and don't forget to uh take your pony walkman when you're going to traverse the ashtray maze we'll see you next time